Okay, it is officially recording. Yay! We are in the podcast! We are in the podcast. So, listeners, uh, welcome to the inaugural episode of <laughs> Letters from the Inside, a podcast series looking at the Book of Philippians. I am your host, Tim Hardy. I am very good at hosting podcasts. I have done this <laughs> clearly many times. I feel like anyone listening to this right now probably is listening to this because you're part of our church family, the Gospel Tabernacle in Aliquippa. But if any random people who know me or my co-host end up listening to this, hi, welcome. My co-host is the wonderful winner of the first ever game night, Kiara Thorne. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. That's such a beautiful introduction. Um, See, I'm a natural at this. You're doing wonderfully. Your first podcast, I mean, several podcasts that you've done are going well. Yeah. Well, my name, like Tim was saying, is Kiara Thorne. Um, Still interesting getting used to saying Thorn. I've been married for like eight months now, and I still think Morton sometimes. It's weird. But I'm excited to do this podcast on a completely separate note. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. Like, I mean, I should be excited because it's my idea, but I am. I'm excited for this. Um, one fun little tidbit, while I was looking into like how to do this podcast and figuring out like how to do it best, one thing I came across is a lot of this idea came to me because of all the quarantine stuff going on right now. Mm -hmm. But there's like a statistic where like podcast listening and also Spotify, Apple Music, stuff like that, things that are only like audio have actually like declined during quarantine because people aren't commuting. Mm -hmm. So video stuff has actually increased. But We've done a whole lot of videos on like Facebook and whatnot, so I'm still excited to do this format. So we'll have some people still like listen to it. And you know what? If y'all aren't excited to listen to just audio right now, this little mini series of podcasts will still be online after the quarantine. So when yeah. you start commuting again, you can listen to this. The magic of the internet stuff is still there. So we're, you said we are doing Philippians, right? I did say we're doing Philippians. What made you choose this book out of all the ones you could have chosen to do a miniseries on? I have a few reasons for that. Um, one reason is because I just really like this book. <laughs> like, I mean, just to be honest, like I'm coming into it with a pre-established enjoyment of this book. So when I thought like, I would enjoy to do a podcast like that would be a nice like different format like Philippians was if not the first at least one of the first books that came to mind just because it's one that I happen to enjoy a good bit I don't know I just like in recent years and reading it have like connected to a lot of it and just I don't know it's just a, a I mean it's a good book I mean they're all good but it's one that I particularly enjoy in this season of my life and Another part of it is, as we'll get to when we start talking about the background stuff, uh, the perspective that Paul was writing in seems pretty relatable to what's going on right now with all the 
lockdown and all that. So I was like, you know, this would be a good podcast for right now. Like try to like while we're in this headspace, probably similar in some ways to what Paul's headspace was. Um, if we like look into this book and spend some time in it, like right now, we'll probably gleam some things from it that we might not have picked up on before. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the idea of a podcast in general is a lot of it just because I feel like it's a good format for both teaching and just conversation and like relationship and that kind of thing. So all of that. Yeah, I think that makes sense to me. I think I had some some similar thoughts when I was deciding to to join with you in this podcast and in the book of Philippians. I don't know. I think that there are first the, there's a couple of scriptures that I like quote consistently because I just love them. And I didn't realize until like a few minutes ago that a few of them are in Philippians. And I say like, this is Philippians 2.13 or this is Philippians, um, this the whole second chapter. I guess I really like chapter two a lot. I don't know. So whenever we do chapter two, I probably will have a lot to say. But I didn't consider that so many of those things that I like live my life by are little nuggets that I hold on to have come from this book for me. And so um, I think it'd be really cool to kind of investigate this a little more and to think about it from the perspective of me also being confined in some ways um, and like that relationship between being free but also not being free at the same time. It's weird. So I think it'll be good to look into. Absolutely. It's it's an incredibly quotable book for sure. Yeah. And And yeah, like I think, a lot of these things that we all quote a lot will there'll be a, a much deeper truth to it when we look at the book look at the context it was written in and then the verses in the context and then going forward when quoting those verses it's going to carry a lot more of a punch or maybe punch is a weird word but you know what i mean <laughs> a little more weight a little heavier yeah of course the first word i think of is punch too many superheroes you do like those guys and ladies. There are, there are superhero ladies. There's there's a wide range of superheroes, indeed. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess we could just, unless you have any other no. questions on the why, I guess we can jump a little bit into the background. So, I mentioned that we're looking at Philippians, and the plan is to be five parts. It's going to be five weeks going through Philippians and episodes. Two through five, we'll look at the four chapters of Philippians and like just kind of go chapter by chapter. But for this first episode, I thought a good place to start would just be looking at the background of the book and kind of getting some setup for that. And a good way to do that and get that background is by watching this video by this resource I'm quite fond of. And I'm sure if you're the kind of person to be listening to a podcast on a book of the Bible, you probably are already familiar with this, but The Bible Project, love those guys, love really those, those things, so good. But yeah, so in prepping for this, I watched the Bible Project video on the book of Philippians and asked you, Kiara, to listen to it as well, because mm-hmm. it's just a good way to set up the background. So I'll ask you first, like, in watching that video and getting the background, uh, what are some things that stuck out to you about the context it was written in? Hmm. 
Well, I was watching, I mean, as I was watching the video, he referenced Act 16, which is kind of like the parallel to some of the things that are happening in Philippians, because like a lot of the things that you read, when you read the letters that Paul's writing, you can see when he was writing them in Acts, because you're watching the Acts of the Saints during that early church life. So I also went back and read through Acts 16, because the video said that there was some stuff there. So I looked into that, too. Um, and I think what has been most significant to me about just the overall way Philippians has been written is I feel like there is this beautiful alone together feel that Paul is talking to the Philippians with. It's like they're, they're separate from each other, you know, because Paul is in jail as he's writing his jail or house arrest. I think he was in jail. Um, it, it depends. Like the, the video that we watched said jail. Right. I know, I know when I was prepping my sermon, which if you go back in the feed, you can find my sermon from December, shameless plug. But <laughs> when I was preaching on the end of the book of Acts and it ends with a couple of verses saying he was under house arrest, some of the commentaries I looked at said that Philippians was written during that time. So there seems to be some, as with a lot of letters, there's some conflicting things on which imprisonment it was written in, but he was either under house arrest or in a later, more severe prison when this was written. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think either way, I mean, but we know both happened to Paul. We're just not sure exactly when this letter was written in relationship to both of them. Um, but we definitely know that he was thrown into prison um, when he was in the city of Philippi in Macedonia, the whole kind of space, because that's what Acts 16 says. So we know that, I mean, like he has been in prison in relationship to them. We just don't know exactly when this book came about. But regardless, what I love, um, I love how he talks to the Philippians like they're really close friends, even though they are clearly not close at all because Paul is confined and these people are not confined. They can't even really see each other. There's a guy who comes to see him at some point we'll get into um, and he risked so much to go see him. And then he like almost dies going to see Paul. Um, and this is just one guy. So he's not close to the whole Philippian church. But there's just a relationship that Paul talks about having with the Philippians. That's so different from other books. Like our church is going through 1 Corinthians. And the tone he talks to the Corinthians with is not the same as how he talks to the Philippians. And I just, I love that. I love how um, their friendship is still very close, even though they're not able to be near each other. And for me, obviously, because of the time that we're in, that resonated with me so deeply because all I've been doing lately is trying to find ways to be close to people, even though I'm far away from them. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Which um, I think like last night's game that we played was a good example of that. A lot of the video stuff going on and these different things, this podcast itself, yeah. are these great ways that we've been trying to stay connected which they didn't have a lot of this these options back then and even if they had them i don't know what would have been available while in prison like for paul to access right so so paul's avenue was literally just having to say things to a person who would write down his words for him and send that letter to the churches to be read aloud to the congregation like that was his way of communicating but yeah like you said like that was sticking out to me too just the way that 
they're distant and like he's locked down away from them like stuck in these quarters but in this beautiful way they're still connected and they're still family like they are still close like they're close friends Mm -hmm. and you mentioned like act 16 that was something i had forgotten about until i was like prepping for this Mm -hmm. saw that looked into it and there's this beautiful thing where like that would have been around the time like Paul was even starting the church, like the church started in the time of that story, seemingly from what we can tell. Yeah. And that story that the church in that town was started in or that city or whatever was a story of Paul and Silas being imprisoned then, like in Acts 16. Yeah. In that story of like, for the listeners who don't remember what Acts 16 is, that's the famous story of Paul and Silas on prison, singing songs of worship while they're in prison. They're just singing their songs in lockdown. And in the midst of that celebration, God breaks things open and sets them free. And both the freedom that comes and the singing while they're stuck in lockdown is like the testimony that the church would have been even founded on so yeah the whole of philippians is just that whole rejoicing um, in the lord and loving your family like your neighbor and just the connectedness while being trapped in a certain way like being trapped but you're not really trapped oh my goodness that is I think that that is uh, really profound. <laughs> like that, that was really deep. Like if you think about it, <laughs> oh no, but the, the idea of being trapped, but at the same time, like unbound, I think that I, I fully agree with you. Like that's a, a huge theme um, all throughout Philippians and really like in the life of a believer. I mean, like there, there are layers of being trapped that we'll get through in Philippians. Like there's Obviously, the imprisonment, that's one of them, but there's like overarching social structures that exist um, in the Roman government and in the city, which is really prominent um, in the Roman government. Um, the book was saying that the, this city was like well known um, and it was a place that a lot of Roman citizens and soldiers were like retired to. So there's like this system, the Caesar is king kind of thing that's happening that could trap believers. Um, there's the moments where they talk about who Jesus is and they're also experiencing persecution with that relationship. Um, of course, there's always the cost of leaving um, a previous faith to come to Jesus and the, the alienation that comes with that. And so like, there are all these places where you would see the people of God in, in what would be considered bondage because of social systems, because of physical persecution, because of physical imprisonment. But at the same time those are happening, there is this beautiful, like, concurrent narrative of freedom. And, like, to think about that, I don't know, it's, it's just really a lot to think about. It is. It's a lot. And the whole strain of, like, the government system in Rome and all that is interesting because, like, just that context of, to go back to the video, which, listeners, if you haven't yet, like, you can always pause this and go back and watch that video and come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just good stuff in that, like great video. But yeah, like the way that that pointed out, like in the background, just how patriotic and uh, nationalist 
the like like philippi was and that was the context of this so like there's the imprisonment in all these different ways and one of them was the like imprisonment of like the idolatry of the rulers and mm-hmm. like the idolatry of the like the country itself and government system and there's a lot there that i think would be like relatable as well like there's um yeah i just feel like we definitely live in a time now where there is some level of feeling trapped by like just the different systems of the nation itself too um and that doesn't mean that there can't be like good things in it too and all that but like it's just i think there's a lot of awfulness in the system that they're living in then and i don't know without getting specific and getting (laughs) accused of anything i just wonder if there's anything in that that we in today's context could like reflect on and relate to absolutely there are benefits and drawbacks to both something else like in the background of this letter because I mentioned earlier, like, while we were talking, like, a little bit of the conflicting thoughts on when this was written. One interesting thing I saw, which I actually came across it on Wikipedia, of all places, but it was, I'm not getting this from Wikipedia. Wikipedia is the middle man. This is, there were citations. But well, you're also not writing an essay, and you're not going to be graded. So, you know, it's okay to use Wikipedia like most people do. True, true. But yeah, there's there's like one like potential strain of thought that says that this letter to Philippi might have actually been like a few different letters Paul wrote to Philippi like put together like that parts of it might have been written at different times which I thought was an interesting theory Um, I'm not saying that's right or wrong there's all sorts of thoughts on every book of the Bible and how it was written Um, Some thoughts to get out there enough that those of us who believe it's the inspired word of God, we wouldn't agree with some of those thoughts. But sometimes you find thoughts like that where it's like, there is a way where that could be true. And if it is, it could add like an interesting element to it. And I think that's interesting to think about that possibility. Because in that video that we watched, um, they mentioned that there's not like a quote unquote unified theme in the letter they're talking about how it's the the series of like smaller like vignettes mm-hmm. and i think that might be further evidence that maybe it was like from paul at different times not that that like matters in some ways but i think that's interesting to think like the different thoughts and threads like this letter might cover a big period of like philippians life and like different elements of it like come together but there's still these unified elements where it all connects that makes sense to me i think the way we're talking about philippians especially like i think we're considering it um we know that it's like the holy word of god but we're also thinking about it like a letter Mm -hmm. like we're, we're acknowledging that this is a letter from paul to some people and that's what it was first before it was put into the bible and like you know bound with the other 65 books and so I think to consider that um really helps us have good context and I I don't know think about it the way it was intended to be written and that matters to me so when I think about what we've been talking about concerning how the book was organized and I think about it like a letter I think about it 
like I would think about how I would send a text message or an email or just show a meme to my friends. Like I think about my, um, my closest friend, one of my closest friends, Jayla, who lives in Georgia. We used to live in the same city, but I just moved to another city, so we don't live in the same place. And so I'll send her things like from time to time that I think are funny or that I think moved me or, or, or bothered me or whatever. Um, but the theme between her and I is the relationship that we've built. And so all the things that I send her, regardless of when I send them to her, have the common thread of our relationship. And there's a way that we talk to each other and a way that we um, experience things together because of the context of our friendship. And I think the same thing exists for Philippians. So regardless of like if he sent this whole letter at once or if he sent it at different time periods, I imagine like the people in the church, which I don't think mega church in my mind, I don't think like pulpit and pews and people sitting there. I think a house or a gathering space or a river, you know, they talk about going to the river and the women were at the river. Like I think they're just a gathering of believers. And one of the believers comes in and says, hey, our friend Paul wrote us this letter. Let's read it. And they sit down together and they read it. Just like if I was to find a really awesome meme and I would go to the living room, whoever was in the living room, I was like, hey, you got to look at this. Let, come, let me show you. You know, I think the same thing exists. And the common thread there is the closeness and relationship to each other and obviously to Jesus. Yeah. I think like what you're saying about like, with, like not mega church, like the context that this would be written in would actually probably be very similar to like one of our like smaller gatherings that happens like like the franklin avenue campus yeah well like to that but even that like that would apply even deeper like i mean some of the sunday night stuff we do it could apply Ooh. to but but even further than that like the best analogy is probably missional communities like the avenue like the avenue yeah. like this would be like like, I don't go to the avenue. Um, you're part of the leadership, right, of yeah. avenue? Or? Yep. Yeah. I mean, this would be like if you got through Facebook Messenger. I'm just thinking Facebook Messenger because I'm in, like, different messenger threads with, like, different friend groups. This would be like if there was a conversation happening in, like, one of those threads that I saw um, that had these great things about, like, what God was doing. And then I took some of those snippets and like got it, like got it in a format and like presented it, and it got read aloud at say, the avenue or one of the other like missional communities, and like so like here's here's this message, for us like, as a group in this context. Yeah, I agree. I think it. I think it is like there's a closeness. I know with the Alps specifically, but even in talking to other missional communities, there is a closeness that comes with just us being small and not so produced. I think when we think of church, um, we think of production a lot, just because that's what it's become. It's not bad, it's just that's what it's become over time, especially like because we live in a nation that kind of had its own thoughts about church since its founding, you know? So that's kind of embedded in the thread of what it means to be here in this country, even though some of that is changing. Um, but I don't think it started in that way. I think it started like in these small gatherings, like what we're talking about in commissional, missional communities, um, and just any place that small believers get, not small believers, the believers may not be small, but, you know, <laughs> a small group of believers are gathered. Or some it's of them small. might be. Some of them, some might, of them be. might be small, you know. I, you're fine, <laughs> whichever way you want to be, small or not small. <laughs> Either way. Um, I was even thinking about how Acts describes 
um, what happens to the Philippian churches? Like they hear about the gospel and then they start to grow in number. Like this happens everywhere Paul goes. He starts telling everybody he can find about Jesus and then they start growing in number. And it's so weird to me to think about that there could be hundreds of people gathering together to meet about Jesus and it still feels small and unproduced even though there are so many people here. I don't know who got there, but I think that that's really special. Yeah, and, and I think, like, to sort of brag about, like, our church a little bit, um, <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of, like, the vibe that even, like, the quote-unquote big church ask, like, we're not a big church at all, but even the things that get the closest of, like, American church structure or whatnot still always have that energy of that smaller church and community and whatnot. And I think that's a lot of what the spirit of the church capital c like is supposed to be like um there's a lot of elements on what that should be and there's books and books about it and sermons and lectures of it but like a lot of my understanding of church has been learned and being caught in contexts like our church um like the gospel tab and aliquippa and how that like that community aspect which i think has really surfaced a lot in the time of like all this lockdown and all that like the things that we've done have been these like Facebook streams where like it's just super small and intimate which anytime I talk about this like in like text threads with people and whatnot I try to be careful in how I talk about it because I don't want to say like I have good friends and peers who for their context have chosen to do bigger more polished like streams and whatnot and if that's what works for their context and their people like awesome like I don't want to like yeah like that like I don't want to talk down on all that but I love like the way that our Sunday morning streams have been just a series of four different live streams from four different people's homes and they're just super chill and down to earth um, and even this like podcast like whenever i edit it together after all this and like get it ready like i've never edited a podcast before like i double check to make sure i have all the stuff to do it properly but this isn't gonna sound like the bible project podcast or any of those other podcasts out there i don't know like what the audio is gonna sound like and all that perfectly but it's, it's just this level of like intimacy and it's not about like the big polished production it's about that intimacy, which to bring it back to like the mm-hmm. church in Philippi in this epistle, like I think that's part of why Paul in prison writing to like Philippi, it, why it has that closeness we were talking about before and that intimacy while afar, because that's what the church was born in. And that's just its DNA. Like it's about like that intimacy and relationship not about the production so when he's locked up and thrown in prison and not able to be there in person it's built on relationship not having a dynamic speaker in front of them like sharing like that's not the foundation and i think similarly like for those of us believers in context where the focus was um i think it's like steve who's emphasized a lot us being like presence focused or presence led like because it's about like the lord's presence and our relationships and all that 
you take away the structure and it's like we're fine like i mean i don't want to anyways yeah and i don't want to be dismissive of like the struggles paul when we go through these this letter and following weeks has like some hard experiences and we're having some hard experiences in this but there's a central thing a central core like foundation that's not affected really because it's just so sturdy um to the point where like we're going to be sad but the idea of not having an easter sunday service in person it's like i don't want to be dismissive of it like that is sad and a lot of us will feel sad about it but we're not going to feel sad in the like the world's ending kind of way it's like oh i love that i wish i would have been able to do that kind of like how um i wish i'd been able to make it to like your and devante's wedding but it's like oh that's sad life goes on and we still have like the relationship so that wasn't the focus so yeah I think there's that same thing. Like our focus isn't on these things, these structures. So when those things are stripped away, we're not like when they, when the rugs pulled out from under that structure, the rug hasn't been pulled out from under us because that's not the structure we were on to begin with. Any other thoughts on that or anything else? I was, I'm definitely thinking a lot about that. Um, I keep thinking about this moment where the guy brings like food and money and just provisions to Paul while he's in in prison. Mm. And Paul in his letter thanks him for that. And I think about how like we're social distancing right now, which, which is good. I think, you know, we want to make sure that people stay safe and all of that. But I also thought about the moments where like I got a knock on my door and then there would be a bag of food there and somebody would be like, on the sidewalk, you know, like six feet away from the door. Or uh, I would get a text say, somebody saying I, I left a box of Smacker peanut butter. No, they're not called Smackers. Oh, Devonta calls them Smackers. They're called Uncrustables. I left Whatever a box of Uncrustables um, at your door. And that kind of stuff like matters to me. It matter, First, it mattered to me so deeply uh, because we are like super newlyweds. So trying to figure out like all the stuff which includes figuring out how do we do all the meals. (laughs) And so for some of the people in our community to just be like, let me bring them some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That, that means so much to me. And that's the same thing. I think that, you know, Paul experienced with his friends when he was in prison. And that is the kind of intimacy that we're talking about. Community around Jesus is what we have here, not community around a program. And you can see, like, that affects, that difference affects how their relationship goes. Because you see it's different when he's talking to other people in other places. It's, the Philippian church is even different from the culture that they're in. Because this is another one of the cities where people would just stand around and espouse deep things. And, you know, just do that kind of thing. I think, I think it's this book where um, he talks to the people and he says, you've been praying to an unknown God. I would offer that the, the God that you are saying that you're praying to that's unknown is the God that I'm trying to give to you in this moment. I think this is the same book. Uh, well, that doesn't Acts, but that's from like the same trip that Paul was on. Okay. Like, it, like that would have happened in a different town, but that was part of the same trip and the same like Roman Empire. Okay, good. 
Because I was, I know I was reading this around the same section, but I've been reading a lot of all this stuff, so like, it's kind of all of them together a little bit. But you know, that same kind of thing where people are standing up and looking for productions and looking for charisma, and I'm not saying any of those things are bad, but they're not the same thing as intimate relationships. And so for the they can people, be good tools. So, sorry to interrupt, but they can be like good tools, like good helpful things yes. in it, but they're not the focus. They serve the focus. They're not the focus. Yes. And the focus is intimate relationships with Jesus and intimate relationships with each other in him. Mm -hmm. And I think this is so sweet because here Paul is modeling and participating in that so much like what we're doing right now. We being like, you know, the gospel tap, but we being the body of Christ, especially in countries where we can't go out and be together. So it's beautiful. Beautifully relevant. Absolutely. I feel like at some point during that, I had some random thought come to mind and then I didn't write it down and lost it. But you know what? If, if it was important, it'll come to me later, especially since the next four weeks we're going to be looking at these four chapters. So if it's relevant, it'll come to mind. Um, oh, I had one more thought. Yeah. It, since we're still talking about the relationship and intimacy, I think one of the harder things that we'll get into is like Paul talking about all the suffering that he's experiencing, but he's also in his intimate relationships with people, encouraging them into and in their suffering. Like he knows that walking with the Lord and following him is going to lead him to suffering. And he knows that teaching other people about Jesus will eventually lead them into suffering by the government, by their families and friends. Like they will suffer because of this. And man, like how he encourages them in this, it just is so special. And it can't be, you can't produce somebody into that. I, I really believe like the way you walk through that is intimacy. That's how Jesus does with us when he invites us to come to him. Like the cost of following him is everything. Even though it's free, it really costs everything. But because of who Jesus is, it's so worth it. And because of how he loves us, it's so worth it. And I think Paul models that beautifully to the people um, who are about to go through the same thing, too. Absolutely. Um, while you were talking, I thought of the thought that I had, had earlier. Yes. Um, it came back to me. And that was like when you were talking about how, like, in Rome, like, you'd have had all these people talking about all these ideas and all that. It just made me think of, like, the people, and I feel pretty comfortable, like, critiquing this because this is something I've had a history of being guilty of but like just focusing so much on these ideas and like discussion topics and debates and whatnot which engaging those has a purpose Paul does to some degree but like making that the emphasis over everything else like you've got like the people out there who are more concerned like debating a lot of these different like theological thoughts and deeper ideas and whatnot. And again, not that theology doesn't matter, but getting like super into these like deeper, crazy, complex things and debates and that to the point where like that's the focus over loving the Lord, loving your neighbor, being on mission, being a family, all that. Like that becomes the focus. And you see that in people who are more interesting in, say, like debating eschatology instead of like loving 
their neighbor. Like this whole this whole thing comes up with coronavirus and you have the people where the first place their mind goes to is like, how does this or doesn't it potentially overlap with things that I think about the book of Revelation and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it, it, that's what comes to mind over like checking in on your neighbor and seeing how people are doing. Like you've missed the point. Like it's not, it, it's the relationship. And again, like I think we see that in Paul. Paul loved arguing and loved deeper ideas and whatnot and all this stuff. And like all the, a lot of these debates on big lofty areas like predestination and whatnot come from things Paul said. So he wasn't afraid to like engage those in like debates over spiritual gifts and all that. Like Paul was up in that, but he was, <laughs> he was more up in the church in Philippi and these other churches and these communities and Titus and Philemon and Timothy and all those people, like the the guy who's mentioned in here, which, uh, what was his name that started with an E? Got my. Oh, uh, I know, I know what you're saying. It was a long name, too. It's the guy that brought him food and provisions from the church. Yeah. Uh, you know? Oh, um, Epaphroditus? I don't know if I said that right. We'll, we'll say it right when we get to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like these relationships, um, I mean, number one, the Lord, and then number two, these relationships, like, were Paul's focus, not these arguments. And then, like, if you have that focus, like, sure, have a little bit of a theological discussion on the side. Like, you can have that as a treat, mm -hmm. but that's not, like, the linchpin. Yeah. Man, that's so good. I think about, that makes me think about Robbie Zacharias. And if you don't know him, he's an apologist in Georgia, out of Atlanta. And he has a school for apologetics. And he's invited to all of these very scholarly environments to talk about Jesus. And these are not generally religious environments most of the time. Um, or they're environments that are opposed to Christianity. And he keeps getting invited to these places to speak about Jesus or to give talk, talks about topics. And what I love that I notice more and more as I listen to him, people will ask him questions. Um, and a lot of times the people who are asking him questions would not consider themselves his friends. They would sometimes be people trying to trip him up or people um, who came to argue with him. But even as he's listening to their questions, he's listening. I don't know how to describe this, but he's listening to what's deeper in their questions. It's like he's listening for their heart. He's listening for the things in that person that God could be trying to highlight. And so the people will ask questions. And he'll answer their question, but he answers their questions in a way that like loves them and just removes the barrier so that they can receive Jesus. So many times in listening to his work, I've heard a reporter come and ask him a question. And the question was like a really hard theological debate kind of question. Is this right? Is this okay? Those kinds of things. And the way he talks about them is not to prove that he is so brilliant in this area or to answer the question like oh I did that like I answered the question really well by the time he's done answering whatever was blocking this person in their heart from being able to get past this in order to hear who Jesus is or to meet with him or to receive his love that has been removed and then he just shares the sweet simple gospel with them and the people talk about how they feel loved 
and how they feel like they met Jesus. And I think that's what I was thinking about when you were highlighting um, the debates that people get into. Like Paul, when he would get into these debates, his heart was not to win the argument because that really doesn't do anything. But those arguments do come up in people's hearts and they keep people from being able to meet with Jesus. And a lot of times his heart, just like Jesus' heart, is to become of no regard, of no record, to just move those things out of the way so we can get back to like a base foundational level so you can just meet the person of Jesus and be loved by him. And if the theological debates that we have don't come back to that point, then we need to we need to evaluate why we're having these conversations. You know, why are we thinking through these things? You know, I think, go ahead. No, I was I was I was about to segue and uh, like trying to wrap things up. But if you have something yeah, else, I was going to say, say I feel like this is a great place to praise. Oh, well, you know, we were on the same thought. Look at Maybe, that. As your husband would say, look at God. <laughs> You should look up at God. All right. Or in at God. All right. Anyway. On that note, would you like to close us out in prayer then? Yeah, I, I would. I would. Holy Spirit. Whew, I just thank you. I invite you into this space, um, to the space of the listeners, whoever is receiving this podcast, but also to us um, as we're recording it. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you to love like this. We need you to consider relationship and intimacy over rightness. We need you to hold on to you. Um, even amidst adversity and struggle, we just need you. And being in a place of vulnerability or in a place of need often doesn't, it doesn't, make people feel good it doesn't make us feel good it's not the space that we want to be in and in some cases it would even people would consider it foolish but we know um, that as we lean on you we're safer than we've ever been and as we lean on you god we're more fulfilled than we've ever been so by your spirit and with your loving kindness will you teach us will you teach us your ways will you teach us the things you taught paul as he was going through these things in Philippians, and will you teach us your heart? Um, we love you, and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm trying to think if I want to, when I edit this, if I want to just cut it off at the amen and just leave it on that note, or if I want to give a plug for next week. I think you should do the plug for next week, and then if you don't like it, you can just not put it in there but if you don't have one you don't have anything to not put in there you're right all right that concludes uh, our first episode yay, yay go us <laughs> um all right listeners we'll be back next week with a uh, look at philippians chapter one so you don't have to but i strongly encourage you <laughs> listeners to go and read philippians chapter one before you listen to the next episode and after you listen to the next episode as well. But yeah, so next week we'll be back with a look at Philippians chapter one. So yeah, thank you for listening to this episode and for podcasting during quarantine. And just may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his, his face. Blah, 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 blah. Make, I'm going to keep this in. Keep his face. <laughs> shine shine upon you. you. <laughs> Flawless. Stuck the ending. Love it. Amen. Put your hands up. See you next week.
Bye, guys.